This podcast is not to be used as medical advice or medical education. If you are experiencing pain, discomfort, or any other medical or physical ailment, please consult a licensed medical doctor or physical therapist. This is the strategy of fitness. Hey, this is Dan Gorman from the Strategy of Fitness Podcast. We'd like to thank you for all of your support. And if you love the podcast, please recommend to a friend. Find the Strategy of Fitness on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Play. Please like, subscribe, follow, and leave a review if you can. On Instagram, we are at the Strategy of Fitness. And we also give you the best gym songs every week, the Strategy of Fitness official hitters playlist on Spotify and Apple Music. Welcome back. Welcome back to another edition of the Strategy of Fitness podcast, episode 36. My name is Nick Cressy, joined weekly, Dan Gorin and Rob Rowland. And this week, the first female guest of the pod, Kelly Baker, two-time individual regional games competitor, one-time team and one-time team games competitor as well. So how is everyone doing? Great. Awesome, Nick. What's up, man? I'm happy to be here too. And uh, thank you so much for your time uh, this evening, Kelly. I'm really excited to kind of get into things and just pumped to have a different perspective and, and see where things yeah, go. Thanks for having me. Hey, Kelly, this is, this is Rob. We're really looking forward to like after 36 episodes, we've given a very biased male only view on all things fitness. So we need you to correct <laughs> everything we've said in Perfect. one 60 minute episode here. So you got a lot, <laughs> lot to do there. Oh, gosh. I'll do my best. Good. And Rob is, he always says it. He is the funny one of the podcast. So he'll be sneaking in there with the jokes. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all are. All right, cool. So let's go around the room. What we do every week is some, some cool workouts that we hit. I don't have much this week, guys, other than I did some 400s tonight, every three minutes, 10. 10 rounds every three minutes are 400. So I, I just wanted to be consistent, kept it at about a minute 22, minute 23. Good sweat, good good lung burster. What about you, Dan? I know you got into some good stuff. Yeah, I did that hero workout. I, I hope I don't mess up the pronunciation. Is a Marine named Abate, A-B-B-A-T-E. So it's a hero wad. It's a gentleman who lost his life in Afghanistan. And it's a one-mile run, 21 clean and jerks at 155, 800 meter run and then 21 clean and jerks at again 155 and then you finish off with a mile run so i did that in right around 30 minutes 30 minutes and five seconds i think i hit the first mile a little too hard it's probably like a 645 or something like that and then the clean and jerks at that weight you know 155 is decent for you know pretty pretty heavy weight for me so slow me up a little bit but the runs felt good the, the 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 workout i liked a lot it was a cool one definitely one if you if you haven't tried to give it a try and then Rob, what about you? What did you do this week? I'm sitting here trying to think about it, but all my blood is currently in my quads. I'm super engorged. I, I literally just got off the bike doing 2,000 meter intervals. I do know that like it's the best weather it's been here in a while. So I got outside. Actually, I got the lift like three times already this week. So the Dom's is setting in. Nice. I squatted twice. Like it feels so good to get out and lift. Like I don't care if it's cold or hot, but I just don't. I don't lift when it's raining. I don't want to rust up my barbell. Love totally it. makes sense. What about you, Kelly? What'd you get into this week? 
Oh, I am like full blown into training, but I, I chose one that I just thought was fun for everyone could do. So my last piece yesterday was five rounds. Everything has to be unbroken. So even the movements that are technically like endurance, they have to be as quick as you can. So 20 toes to bar, 15 hang squat clean thrusters at 65.95, 20 bar facing burpees, 15 GHDs, rest one to one, but your time must get faster each round. Oh, brutal. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of my workouts are like, kind of strategic like that. I think mostly just trying to game for, you know, being a team athlete. It's always like work, rest a certain amount, get right back into work, which is something that I actually don't like to do. So a weakness. <laughs> After we're attacking, right? That's the point yeah. of it. So you're yeah, saying you're going, you're going unbroken on all that. And you're saying that's your last piece. So we're going to get into this anyway, as we kind of dive deep with you tonight, but mm -hmm. What's that look like? I mean, what's before that? Is it a bunch of strength work? So a typical day, like as far as training goes, I, so uh, I might be getting to some things that we'll cover a little bit later, but I am a teacher. So I have to, now that we're virtually teaching, I have to be online by 930. So I get my AM piece in before that. So I get to the gym around seven and hit my cardio endurance and gymnastics so that'll be something like, what's an example I had? So the other day I had like 300 cal ski every minute, 10 cals on the bike until you accumulate 300 cal ski. Or it'll be like some sort of running intervals or rowing intervals. And then it will be like a skill work that pairs with that. And then I'll come home and teach. And then I have a PM session. And then that's usually two strength pieces. And then a bunch of accessory work. I'm kind of like trying to heal up one of my shoulders that's been like a nag for a little while. So we've been doing a lot with that. And then it's usually one or two Metcons that'll be a little bit like games-like where I'll be working a little bit and then resting. Usually things are like intervals, like one-to-one. -one, so uh, it's kind of like a typical day. I have an assault bike in my living room, so I usually get bored and like try to hit <laughs> with that too. So late night. That's a perfect place for it, right in the living room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's awesome. I do have one more thing, guys, this week. It, it's tomorrow. It's I didn't even do it yet, but I was telling these guys before we jumped on, Kelly, you know, I do DT maybe once, twice a year. And oh, I get, that's my favorite workout. Oh, well, we'll get into it. But I, I <laughs> literally have like a hard time sleeping the night before because there's expectations now. Uh -huh. And I do it so rarely that, you know, it was like, for the longest time, I just wanted to break five minutes. And then last year I was like four or 40 or something. So now tomorrow I know that I have hell to pay at around seven 30 in the morning, or I'm going to be kicking myself all weekend. So very, very concerned. <laughs> I love that. Well, I don't. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, I mean, Dan, I know you have a couple questions and we'll be chiming in throughout, but now it's just going to be getting, getting to kind of know you Kelly. Cool. So Kelly, uh, first off, what grade do you teach? I know you said you're a teacher and talk a little bit about, you know, how you, how you find time to be a competitive CrossFit athlete and then teach at the same time. So I teach fourth grade and that's probably the biggest question that I get asked. So I'm also a nutrition coach as well for Black Iron Nutrition. Like my mom always says, I'm like the one person that needs like 48 hours in a day 
but I think just because I don't have, like, I kind of know where my priorities lie that I just, every single morning I create a schedule. It's like almost like a type of journaling that I do. And I just list the, the priorities of that day. So it might be like teaching needs to be first training, whatever it will be, whatever it will be. Then I'll be like, if I have free time, I can like watch the bachelor or something like that. But yeah, it is. It's definitely tough right now working virtually. It's been, I've kind of gotten a glimpse of what it would be like to be just an athlete. Like it's, I get to kind of pick and choose when I'm working as far as teaching goes. And it's crazy how much easier it is. Like right now I have so much time to like, I can sleep, like take a nap during the day when I want, I can eat when I want, I can train really like as often or whenever I want. So I'm like nervous to go back to school because I've been given this luxury of, what it would be like to only do this. And I can see how it could really help you out. So that's probably like, as much as I enjoy teaching, it's, it is, it's difficult, but I'm making it work. Yes. Yeah, it sounds like you're uh, thriving here in the, uh, the COVID <laughs> yeah. quarantine. I know. I, I almost feel bad. Like everyone's like, oh, this is the worst thing. And like kind of deep down, I'm like, I have so much time to do what I need to get done. But no, yeah, of course I hope this, you know, ends soon, but yeah, I've, I've been given a lot more time on my hands, which has kind of been nice. Good stuff. Another question I had, you know, regardless to your weekly training is do you, because uh, what we had an episode where, you know, we're trying, you know, our audiences are for the top 1% of the 1%. We try to keep this a pretty yeah. broad podcast for people out there that are listening and trying to get, get into it. And one of the things that Rob recommended, which Nick has done recently was get an online coach. So do you have coaching? Do you have somebody that programs your workouts for you? And who is that? If you want to give them a shout out and, and then kind of like, I know you touched on a little bit more, but what's your weekly training looking like mostly? Yeah. So I'm coached by Jason Ladon. And he has sent a bunch of individuals and teams to the CrossFit Games. He's a Conquer athlete. That's their program. And he is located in Milford, Connecticut. So we're not really hands-on. But Jay has been just like, uh, he he's exactly what every athlete dreams to have. Like He has instilled such a confidence in me that I think that was what I was missing the most in my game. But yeah, he's super, super, he's such a nerd. Like he's so smart. He is always willing to learn. So like, yeah, I'm just super grateful to have him. My programming is totally geared to me. And I know for like an everyday athlete, like I think that's what a lot of people are like feeling like they're like, oh, how do I get like good at CrossFit or do things? But like, I didn't start out having like someone programming individually for me, you know, like... I just showed up at a CrossFit gym and did the workouts that they did. And if you're putting all the, like all of your energy and effort into like doing the right things and learning the right things in the beginning, like you can kind of see where you'll end up falling if you'll be a competitive athlete or not. But I think just showing up each day and just putting your effort in and leaving your ego at the door, like that would be the biggest advice I would have for people, you know, not necessarily needing, like, I think a lot of us look for these like pretty or like these kind of like sexy workouts all the time that like are so creative and different when really it's just like, if you're going in and you're doing tough movements and you're working as hard as you can, like you'll, you'll see results. So that would be like my advice for anyone. Yeah. So just like your coach instilled you with confidence, Rob and Nick instilled me with the exact opposite <laughs> self-doubt and um, anxiety. I love that. You need those people too. Humble you. <laughs> 
yeah. the the piece that you mentioned about how like it doesn't have to be sexy workouts and it's just kind of doing the work. I, I recently started, I guess what, back in November with Chris Clyde and he writes my programming and, I and I, I, yeah. So I've never even met the dude, to be honest with you. He's a buddy, a buddy's buddy. So they were like, Hey, this guy's great. And I get like 10 sessions a week and there's a lot of them that are just kind of grinders, but man, the structure has been so helpful. So like, you know, that's the best part I've found so far. Yeah, for sure. Like I think when people try to program for themselves or just look on Instagram or things like that, that's where you'll find all those sexy workouts where you're like, Oh, like, you're beating the clock or it's this or that. And like, really, if you get a program that's a little bit structured, but does you can do any workout. If you, I mean, I think the open is such like a prime example of this where really none of the workouts are that cute. There'll, there'll be a few, but like some, it's just like, it can be the simplest workout. It just depends on how hard you want to go. Mm-hmm. So that, yeah, I'm kind of in that. I know what you, exactly what you mean. And also, you know, you're always, or I am anyway, when I was doing my own programming, you're going to program your strengths. I mm-hmm. like front squatting. I'm going to do a lot of front squats. I'm probably not going to be doing dead stop front squats after an echo bike. But, you know, when you have that on the, on the Tuesday training, you just do it and you don't, it takes the thinking out of it a little bit. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So Kelly, I'm, I'm fascinated by like the competitive CrossFit world and uh, you, you have a full-time job. Like who else in that world? Like how many people are working full-time job? Who's training full-time? Like what is, what does that environment look like with the, the cohort you're competing with? I think there's like a tier, like as far as elite athletes go, like if you're looking at girls that are winning the games, none of them have a full-time job, but I do like I don't want to discredit anyone just because I do teach. Like I also don't have a family or, you know, I have siblings, but they are so understanding of like the sacrifice that I need to make. But like, I look at the two guys that are on my team and they have kids and I just like, I, I like applaud them, even though their, their workload's a little bit different. They're constant. They're both coaches in a gym or a gym owner, which I know comes with a lot of work. But as far as like to be that, next tier. And especially as an individual, the amount of time you have to put in, like you can't work, like you have to eat, sleep and breathe. Like some athletes are sleeping 12 hours and you're just like, what? Like I, I, I'm like trying to get the bare minimum just so I can wake up in time to hit some sort of piece before I have to go home and shower and then go teach or something like that. So it's, I think I see more people still have full-time jobs, but it's centered around something that has to do with CrossFit. So maybe they're like in the nutrition field or they have, they are a coach or they work at a gym or something like that, where I think it's a little bit easier to have that flexibility, but yeah, definitely makes it a little bit more challenging. What was that part of the motivation of going to teams, just realizing you weren't ready to to give up the day job to make a full commitment to this? A team kind of like, is that nice balance in between? Yeah, to be honest. So in 2018, I went as an individual. Oh, 17 and 18, I went as an individual. But I, I was still really fairly new into CrossFit. So I started in 2016. Wow. Like, and well, maybe it was 15, the September 15. And I got asked to go team that year for the 2016 year. And I like, didn't have kipping pull-ups. I like, 
I think my back squat was like 205, like something ridiculous. And they needed another girl and I didn't really have a choice. I just kind of had to get good. And I was like thrown in with the wolves and I ended up living with Rachel Goldenberg for a bit and Kelsey Keel. And we just trained all day and we ended up qualifying for the games that year. So it was like my first year in CrossFit and I was, I didn't even know what regionals was. And then, you know, we ended up making the games that year. So we kind of split up. So 2017 came and I was like, I'm going to try to go individual. Like, hopefully I can just make regionals. And again, like that whole sense of not having confidence in myself, I was so new in the sport. So I, I made regionals and then I actually ended up taking seventh. And what bothered me was I went into regionals that year, like, like no matter what happened, I was going to be happy because I already hit my goal. So when 2018 came around, I put everything I had into regionals. Like I didn't go out. I didn't do things with my family. I, I literally any free second that I had, I was doing CrossFit and I I was good. I mean, you know, I'm better now, but at that time for where I was, I felt so ready. I felt like I could have made the games as an indie. And I just think I like peaked too early. And when I got 69th in the open that year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I had a great open too, and I felt my best. And when I went, I just think I really overtrained. I went into regionals that year. And I, I mean, I could say like some of the workouts didn't really fall in my favor, but I just, I just didn't feel like me even that weekend. And I don't know if I put more pressure on myself or what it was. But anyway, so I ended up taking 13th and. I was crushed and I I hate that about me. Like I wish I had my mindset that I have now back in 2018 because I was so defeated. Like I felt so sorry for myself. Like, like I was owed to make games. Like just because I put that time in that I should have made games. And that's such like a ugly mindset to have. Like I, I hate it that I wasn't just enjoying the process and like the outcome just didn't fall in my favor. So I think that's probably why my mindset now with training is so diff, like so different. Like so many people say to me, like, you know, the games got canceled this year. We traveled to Europe twice to qualify and we did. And like, yeah, I was gutted when they, when they cut teams this year, but because my mindset is so different than it was back then, where all I worried about was like performing well for an event, not having games like, yeah, that sucks. But like, I'm not training for games right now. Like I'm just training because I get this high off of like, how fucking fit can I get? And it's for no one else, but for me, like it's for no one else, but for me to go to sleep at night and just be so proud that I'm putting myself out there, like making myself super uncomfortable. So that's kind of like the difference between going team or indie. It was more like I had an opportunity to go team with people and they were a fun group of people, a bunch of studs as well. So I knew I would learn a ton, but it's, it's not any more about the competition. It's more about like pushing myself and seeing like how much I can grow as not just a competitor, but like, individually as a person yeah that's awesome and it's such a good mindset and, and too like you know you talked about um i didn't realize you had to go to europe you know twice to qualify yeah. for the games i mean that is such a awesome experience just to go to europe i mean i've been to europe once and it was like 
one of the coolest, most just just one of the neatest things I've ever done. So, I mean, you have to look at the time you spent with your teammates, which I'm sure you have, you know, pretty solid rapport with, and the time in Europe. And that's not, it's not for nothing, you know. That's a good, that's a great memory, and you, you still got fitter, and you still had an awesome time. I wish I had that mindset with you know some of my shortcomings and some of my failures in life. Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. I'm super grateful for like CrossFit has given me so many opportunities, not just to travel, but like the people that I've connected with and like became friends with or some of my best friends or like, just like people I, I still keep in touch with. And they live like one of my friends is from Australia. We still FaceTime like twice a year or twice a week. I'm sorry. And like, it's just because we've bonded on something that like some of my other friends or peers that I have around here just like don't really understand. Um, yeah. So as as shitty like as by light, like by light seltzer. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, I'm not a huge like seltzer fan. I drink like water seltzer, but I'm oh. like a Guinness girl. I know. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> we All can right. get to that. Yeah, exactly. Totally opposite. Hey, so so, oh, so I, I, we've already jumped into the CrossFit stuff, which is great. Let's take it back. So like, where did this drive come from? Did you play sports growing up? You know, a lot of this that we talk about on here, it's all from a guy's perspective. Um, mm-hmm. And I have a daughter, so like, I'm all about getting her into stuff early. Yeah, so, I love that. What did, what did you do growing up? Yeah, so I'm the youngest of four. And I have two older brothers. So I just felt like my whole life, I've just been like wanting to fit in with them. And I was like, as tomboy to the T as you could be, like, I swear in third grade, like we would get like folders, you know, like for school and like girls are getting like kittens or like dogs on their folders. All my folders were WWF wrestlers. Like I loved every bit. (laughs) I had like mankind, like the undertaker, like, but it was all just because I wanted to be so competitive with my brothers and So anything I've done since I've been like little, I just like, uh, it's probably my worst quality, but I'm such like a a sore loser. So growing up, I played any sport that you can name, but I ended up playing college soccer. And that's kind of what got me into CrossFit. I, every year, a bunch of us soccer players would all work these pen soccer camps. And so like one, we were trying to make money in the summertime, but then we were also like training together with other like D one athletes and trying to play as much as we could. And one of the girls ended up graduating. So she was one year out of college. She was at Marshall and, or played at Marshall. And it's really funny. We, she's like, do you want to go to the gym? I'm doing this thing called CrossFit. And I was like a junior in college at this point. And I was like, uh, I don't really lift that much. Like, I'm just going to go to the track Anyway, I go to the gym with her that day and she had like an EMOM. It was like three kipping pull-ups for 10 minutes or something so silly. And so I tried it too. She still has it on videotape and I like couldn't get one. And the girl that I'm talking about is now a games athlete. So Emma Chapman. She's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like now I haven't seen her since that year, but we still talk like probably once a month just because, you know, we're both so involved in CrossFit and stuff. So it's been pretty cool to see it come full circle. Where'd you play out soccer? It's a real small division one school in Maryland called Mount St. Mary's. It's like right by Gettysburg. Oh. Yeah. I went to college in Gettysburg. Right, okay. right across yeah, you're, the way. Yeah. You're my neighbor then. Yeah. 
It's funny. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I'm probably a lot older and don't don't know any of the same people, but I definitely knew a couple of people there. That's cool, a good place. Very cool. Yeah. So when you when you jumped into CrossFit, it was individual. Do you do you see yourself enjoying the team atmosphere, considering you're coming from a team sport a little bit more, the camaraderie? Yeah, I, I do. But at the same time, I, so I've talked to like, I've kind of just started coming out about it, but so I really struggle with anxiety and especially performance anxiety. And I didn't have it as much as an individual. The whole idea of like, like team sports, I never really had it either, but like with CrossFit, I don't know. It's like, you're super exposed and like w- you can really mess it up for your team if you have a weakness. And I like the idea that if I'm going to let anyone down, it's me. And so that's the only part of team that I don't like is that like, if it's going to fall on someone, like I, I don't want to be the one letting anyone down. And w- when I'm individual and I'm in the middle of a workout, like if I'm letting someone down, it's just myself. So that's like, kind, that's, that's, also probably why I train as hard as I do too, in some aspects, just because I know it's not just for me, but yeah, I don't know. They both have really different perks and like to be a team athlete, I think it's very different than being an individual athlete because team, you kind of have to be able to like hold big sets and then rest and then hold big sets again. Whereas like individual, you can kind of like be like a pacer and just chip away at workouts, kind of like what every athlete does when they just walk into a gym and attack a workout. So it's just a little bit of a different mindset. Very cool. You've brought up mindset a couple of times, especially like how your mindset changed. I think it was like mm-hmm. between, was that 17 and 18? Can you can you talk a little bit like where that change in mindset came from? Did that come from your coach? And like, how, how do you use that like coach mindset in your nutrition clients or like working with other athletes? Yeah, I think... I spent my entire life, it just kind of clicked after 2018, after not making the games, I realized like it was, I I hated like my outlook on everything. And I hated the idea that I felt like I was, I should have been given something just because I put work into it. So it was a lot. It was like more reflecting than anything, but I don't know. I think I spent my whole life like seeking validation. And like, I know I kind of talked about it before, but like, I wanted to fit in with my brothers. So I worked really hard so that like I could compete in sports with them or like even with like soccer or something in high school. I didn't know if it was even truly me wanting to perform so well or just prove that I could play division one. And then like when we went team, it was like, I needed to prove to these people that I belonged on a team with them because they were all better than me just starting out. And then I went to regionals. It was like the same thing. I felt like I was always doing these things to like, not impress anyone else, but to prove that I belonged somewhere. And I wasn't happy for me. Like I was going to bed at night, like, uh, all right, time. I I guess I got to put more work in tomorrow. Whereas like now I'm like, I said it before, but like, I felt like before I was like a lot, if I had to like put it into like a metaphor, I was like a line in the back of a cage, like kind of waiting for the gate to open and a workout and see like, what's that really out there. Whereas like now, because my mindset shifts, like I have nothing to lose. So I'm just always like, like if I was a lion, I'm biting at the grit, like waiting for them to open it up just because I'm doing it like for me. And I don't care if I fail or like fall completely on my face. Like as long as I'm putting myself in these positions that I'm, I, I can be proud of myself. 
So it's like, it's more the shift that it's, it's all now for me and not to prove anything to anyone else. That's an awesome shift and a really hard thing to acknowledge. And, you know, I think a lot of people probably go 30, 40, 50 years and don't get that raw and understand it. So good on you for doing it, All right. um, you know, early on. Yeah, I think Nick and I are still recovering from you having WWE folders growing up. So you got to give us a second. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Seriously. I know. Awesome. I was like a pawn in their games. I was getting like stone cold stunnered on the trampoline. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Hey, did, did they end up, are they athletes or are you stronger than all your brothers now? No, I'm definitely stronger than both of them. No, <laughs> like they, I mean, my one brother, he's, oh, he's like super skilled at things. He's a, he was, a, he, well, I guess technically is a golf pro. So he went to South Carolina golf Academy, but they just didn't really have like, or they don't really have the same competitiveness that I do. Like they're okay with like losing or something. I don't know. Like <laughs> I'm just, yeah, my dad's always like, you're like the son that I never had. Like he played, my dad played college soccer at LaSalle. He was a goalie and he was like a stud athlete growing up. And it's just been like something that him and I really bonded on growing up as well. The boys kind of didn't really get into soccer that much. And yeah, I don't know. I they're, they're really cool. They're way older than me. Like my one brother is like seven years older than me. My other brother is four years older than me, but they're so invested in my success and like there's such my whole family is such this awesome fan club you know they're so proud of like anything that i do like i did a marathon and they all showed up or you know if i had regionals they all came with shirts made and they just like such a solid support system and like you kind of asked me before like how do i balance you know life or school and things with training and i think it's just like it really matters who's in your corner if you know me, you know I'm always on the run, up early and home late. So having a three-hour morning routine isn't really in the cards for me. What is in the cards is AG1. It's a fast way to get vitamins and minerals I need to perform. I first gave AG1 a try because it was, I wanted a single solution that helps support my entire body by filling in nutrient gaps and simplifying my morning routine. Since drinking AG1 daily, I've always felt strong and energized and ready to attack the day. Not only does AG1 deliver my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre- and probiotics, and more, it's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. It's one scoop, mixed in water, once a day, and every day. I know that AG1 is giving my body high-quality nutrition. Every batch of AG1 goes through a rigorous testing process, so you know that it's safe. And AG1 ingredients are sourced for absorption, potency, and nutrition density. AG1 is a supplement that I trust to provide the support my body needs daily, and that's why I'm excited to welcome them as a new partner. Here is your chance to start every day this season with a gift to yourself. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash provengrit. That's drinkag1.com slash proven grit. Check it out. And like those people, my family, they've never made me choose or feel bad about choosing. Like when it would be like regionals time and training, like my brother got engaged and I didn't go to their like engagement celebration that night. And there's just no questions asked. Like he's like, I know that you, you have shit you need to get done. Like 
take care of you. So it's just been like, I don't know. They've been just such a solid group to have like in my corner that I'm like super, super grateful for. It's awesome. Yeah. I love hearing about like the, the sacrifice and those things, especially now, like everybody in the world is watching the last dance with Michael Jordan. You just like uh-huh. the, the mindset of high performers is, I think that's like the big difference maker. So when you talk about like a huge event, like an engagement party and these things, like if you want to perform at this high level, like you got to be ready to make those sacrifices. And I, th- I think people miss that. It's not just putting the work into the gym. It's, it's everything else you do in the day and the things that you're giving up. Yeah. You're definitely right. And I think especially people are so exposed to like victories of people like, you know, they see like someone hitting a one rep or they see like someone winning an event and they want that. So I've had clients ask me like, what does it take for me? Like, what else do I need to be doing to compete in the next level? Like, what else do I need to like how many more hours do I need to spend in the gym? And it's not that you need to spend more hours in the gym. You just have to be really okay with doing really boring shit a lot, even when you don't want to and giving up things that you really do love because it's worth more, you know, or what you're doing is worth more than like the short term fun that you see in front of you. But just seeing like, people like cheering or having a, like a celebration because they just qualified for games or you look at a highlight reel, it's so appetizing. And then I always say, you need to ask yourself, how much are you willing to give up for that goal? Because if there's a little part of you that's not, then you're going to have a really big hill to climb. Like you got to really want it. And that kind of goes with that mindset shift. Like if it's just for an event, or an event win or to podium, then you're in for a really rude awakening because once you stand on that podium, it really doesn't feel that awesome. Like it is, don't give me like it is awesome to of course like win a competition and stand on the podium. But like you're already thinking like, okay, what's next? Yeah. Like what what's my next goal now? And I tell that to people that are trying to lose weight. Like if you're only doing this nutrition so you become 135 pounds. And that's when you'll be happy. You're never going to be happy because once you're there, you're going to be like, well, well, now what can I get to 130, 125? So just like trying to develop that mindset of like loving who you are and what you're doing and being proud of yourself every single day and being present is going to have you enjoy this journey and this process. And yeah, you're going to like you're going to make progress in whatever it is that you're doing, whether it's starting a business or doing things like that. But if you're only thinking of that end goal, like it's never, that end goal is never as great as you think it is. Yeah. And having the mental clarity to be able to kind of think about that. I mean, I'm sure you have to deal with it with the black iron nutrition stuff. Like we talk about this all the time on the pod, like plateaus and dealing with them. Obviously at a high level competitiveness, you, you, you really have very little time for for plateaus, but the normal everyday person has to be able to grind through them, right? Where, where most people relapse or stop or whatever it is, that's where you got to dig in and just be like, okay, this is where I'm at today and time to start another leg up. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah, all definitely. a mindset. Yeah, so Nick mentioned before, you know, to shift a little bit, we got, you know, I got a little daughter named Bailey. Nick's got a little girl too. And yeah, I, you know, I know Nick's little girl is definitely, she's deadlifted what, Nick? 95 pounds the other day? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, she's six. I was so pumped. Oh, that's so, that gets me like, I'm like grinning from ear to ear. I know you can't see me. Uh, yeah, so amazing. 
yeah, ba- Bailey, you know, she'll, she'll come out and run with me. She's really fast to take her to the track and do stuff. So we're just both trying to kind of instill, you know, running, lifting, you know, just being active mm-hmm. with our kids. So I want to hear you giving a passion case. I hear it so many times. I'm a physical therapist and Rob is a physical therapist as well. <laughs> but sometimes we'll be finishing up with, you know, some of our female clientele and they'll, you know, they, they really like the weightlifting or they like the resistance training we're doing, but they're like, I don't want to get big or, you know, they have these such these crazy preconceptions mm-hmm. or, or myths going on. So let me hear your impassioned case to get li- women lifting. Go. Yeah. I, I, someone put it in. Maybe you don't have one. No, no. Someone put an analogy out the other day. I thought it was just like so funny. It's like when girls say they don't want to lift heavy because they're afraid they're going to get like bulky or big muscles. It's like the same idea as someone saying like, I'm afraid to drive fast because I don't want to become a NASCAR driver. It's like, you know how much, (laughs) you know how much time it takes and how many, like how many years it takes to look like, like, look like me. I'll just say that. Like, I I know I'm not everyone's cup of tea. Like I know some of my girlfriends have said like something and I know they didn't even mean it, but like they don't want to have traps like I do or have arms like I do, which is totally fine. Haters. Now for me, like I've had more like social media, like backlash more from men than I do women. Like I've never really had a girl say like they don't want muscles to me in particularly, but like I've had a lot of guys say things to me like you're so pretty, like you have a great body, but if you lifted less, like I think you would look way better with less muscle. And like first I I mean like I, luckily I've thick skin, but when I first started out like being out at a bar or having like a, a like a tank top on. I don't know what it is about guys. It's gotta be some sort of insecurity, but like they need to say something like I've had like people say something about steroids or something like that. Nowadays I, I take that as a huge compliment. I'm like, shit, I must look jacked, (laughs) but I think it's so empowering that I'm doing things or I'm especially I'm in a sport where there is no sex bias girls are just as respected as guys are between sexes. Like that is probably one of my favorite parts about being a part of this community is like, I, I saw it in soccer growing up, like girls are just taken lightly or like our expectations were a little bit lower. And I could go on a huge tangent on like what my thoughts are about girls in our world that we're in now, but I just don't think anyone should be categorized. Like even the idea of someone acting female, like uh, my heart goes out to boys that are sensitive and like categorized as being female just because society has told them or like categorized them that they're not supposed to act a certain way when really feminine is just that whole idea that that shouldn't be pinned on how a girl is supposed to act and that a guy shouldn't act that way. Like that's just a personality trait. So I don't know, like for me, I just think when girls say they don't want to get bulky or don't want to lift or do things like that, like that's fine. If you have something else you're doing, that's going to help you stay healthy. But for me, I'm really, really, really proud of being a part of this group of girls in this generation. That's like inspiring young girls to like want to look a different way and they want to look healthy. And I see it with my fourth grade girls, like the insecurity, especially like childhood obesity. That means a lot to me 
But I remember growing up being like in fourth or fifth grade and hating what I looked like. And I, I didn't want, I would be so proud of myself if I didn't eat that day. And not that I like dealt with bulimia or anorexia or anything like that, but I didn't know the health world. I didn't know what I was supposed to eat. All I knew was that I wanted to be 5'11 and look like a Victoria's Secret model. And genetically it would, it wasn't in the cards for me. So like one thing that I always instill on my students now is like, just being healthy and being confident in who you are. And that doesn't mean you have to lift weights, but just like being okay that like you don't need to look a certain way. And I just think like muscles now and curves are so embraced that like, I'm so stoked to almost be like a type of model of what some of my students want to look like. And I've had like such really cool feedback from parents, like saying things like, you know, she wants to work out or she, you know, she's now adding chicken and and broccoli like onto our dinner menu that they put up on their wall because that's what she sees you're eating at lunch. And it's just that, I don't know, for me, things like that, I think are are so cool. Yeah, it's so sick. I mean, I, I, I love showing my daughter, like I said, she's six now. So we show her all the lifts and obviously her mom lifts and it's, it's just great to, to raise them in that environment. And it's even better as a fourth grade teacher. That's, it's pretty, pretty big years. They're starting to kind of make decisions on their own, or at least kind of understand what, what things are going to be like as they move on to middle school and they're getting into sports. So having that role model to kind of look at and say, Oh, you know, doing that is cool or doing that's okay is, is really cool. Yeah, definitely. And, and again, I think when you're talking about the guys coming up to you, that's a hundred percent insecurities. And, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I, I think that one of the other questions I want to, wanted to ask you because you know if you look at you know your average crossfit gym, i know you co- you coach your gym right mm-hmm. yeah yeah so when you get guys into like how do you deal with that energy of guys who you know want to lift more than you're jealous because they can or you know is there is there a lot of bad vibes and most i mean i'm, I'm gonna crossfit gym here too and by and large i know that there's some some badass girls that go there and i have no issues getting beat by a girl or you know somebody <laughs> puts up more weight than me it, it yeah. happens you know <laughs> but how do you deal with it yeah i think i'm I come in with a little bit of luck just because I've not like proven myself, but like making it as far as I have in the sport so far gives me some credentials that, you know, they're willing to listen because I'm not just like, I think if I wasn't lifting more than them, you know, maybe they would be less inclined to want to listen to me, but no, my, my gym is also like another really good support system. And all the guys, like, it's kind of like a running joke. Like, like they, if they're even keeping up with me, you know, it's a win for them or they'll say things like that, but I don't ever see it in the gym. Like I don't ever see the, the knock on girls or, you know, how we should act. I don't see it from people that are in our community. I see it from like people that just don't understand or are still stuck in this mindset of like how a girl is supposed to be or how a girl is supposed to act. Like I see it like even little things and like our society is so different now than it was even, you know, 20 years ago, as far as like the roles that girls played in the world. And that's probably the biggest struggle that I have. Like I'm, I read this book called untamed and she even talks about shampoo bottles and she looks at her son shampoo bottle and it's like, 
bright red. It only has verbs on it, like strong, fights grease, <laughs> whatever, like whatever it would be, like all verbs. And then she looks at her daughter's shampoo bottle and it's like lavender yeah. color and it's slender and it doesn't have any verbs. It's just adjectives that just describe like sense and like softness. And it's like, we don't even notice, but it's everywhere that girls are supposed to be a type of way, like a little bit delicate. So I probably rub, rub people the wrong way because if someone tells me to go left, I'll go right. But yeah, as far as like the whole guy girl thing, like whenever anyone says something to me about like that, I should look a certain way or like for me, I think my body is just such a byproduct of like work that I put in. It's not like I'm like doing curls in the gym. So I have like bigger muscles. It's like, I'm trying to better myself. And the result is that I look this way. I, I don't know if someone that I feel like it would be a comparison. If I went up to a rich person and was like, why are you working? Like, why do you have so much money? Like, I would like you if you had less money, like stop working so hard. It's like that same, equivalent, like what? Like, I don't know. Like it's a byproduct of hard work. You just want girls to tame it down a little bit. So they don't like come out of this mold that we've put them in for so long to like, I remember even feeling like I should say that I'm not hungry because it's not girly to want to eat or do things. And I don't know. I just, I'm so happy to see like a huge shift in like the way girls here even acting and, you know, it's so empowering to me. And yeah. So the shampoo bottle thing, just like, it's just another little example of, I don't know, this category that I think that we're still kind of stuck in. I've never noticed a shampoo bottle probably because I, I use my wife's shampoo, but it's definitely true. If you think about like deodorants, like yeah. every, every old spice commercial, some Jack dude, yeah. like yep. body odor and, and every woman's deodorant is like a soft blue, uh-huh. gentle, gentle, nice smelling deodorant. So that's, that's an interesting. I've never really thought about that. That's a great point. Yeah. And even like, I remember growing up and I mean, you guys have kids now too. It's this idea that like, like we would eat dinner and it wasn't even a thought process. Like my brothers went and go to and played Nintendo or did homework while the girls cleaned the table. And like, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I know when I raise a family, everyone's pitching in because I'm going to have the same expectations for my girls when they leave the house. Like you better be doing everything you can to fulfill your goals that are going to better you and that you're doing things that you want to do, not because anyone's telling you the same way that I will raise my sons. So my sons aren't going to be getting let, you know, you go play games or you go work on your other project that you have while the girls take care of the dishes. Like we're in a society now where girls are doing jobs that boys are doing or have goals as big as the ones that boys have now. So like, at least for my mindset, like everyone should be pitching it at home. There shouldn't be chores that are specific just because your gender. And yeah. that's like something I didn't even notice. Like even when we have parties, like, well, what's Kelly making or what's Kate bringing or who's bringing dessert? It's like, I don't know. We're still stuck in that 1920s mindset of, like the girls should be doing these things, yet girls are also tackling the same goals that guys are now. So I think that needs to be like 
some sort of shift. I'm an equal opportunity slave driver here, so that they're all. <laughs> Everyone who's listening is going to think I'm this like screaming feminist, but it's just like <laughs> what I'm really not. I just like I don't know. I just I want I can't. I hope one day I have a daughter, and I think it's awesome that you guys have daughters and you're showing them like capabilities and for them to push themselves. And they clearly have great examples. And you're you know they're watching their mom lift. I think that is like the coolest thing in the world. Yeah, so I think that's it. You know, they're obviously getting raised right, and I, I love that. Yeah, it's it's so fun. I mean, it's so fun to kind of you get this uh, the Bill Burr skit where he says, you know, you're downloading your they have these pristine hard drives, and you're downloading all your data onto them, right? So like, you get the choice to w- what you do with them. So it's 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 cool. All right, well, we have we we have some some quick hitters, and I'm gonna start it off with we had a strength episode. How do you define strong? We had Nick Uranker on two weeks ago, and he really dunked on us with a three fifteen clean and jerk. Like, what, what's your thing? Like, if you see a girl or if you see a guy, what makes you say, "Wow, that person's strong"? Oh, it's skilled too, but I'm most impressed. I'll say by a heavy snatch from a girl like Cara Webb snatches two twenty five, and that is like that blows my mind. But if I'm just getting asked a question, does it have to be about a lift? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just like one lift. If you're just like, that's a lot of weight. That person's strong from one lift. Yeah, a a snatch. Like a 225 snatch for a girl is like, that defies strength. That's really strong. You guys are really setting the bar high, you high-level athletes. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't say I'm snatching it. I'm just saying that would be like, it's happened and I'm that's so impressive. What's your snatch PR? 195. Awesome. We were trying to put standards to like the basic lifts, like squat, dead, pull up, push up. And we, we set all the guys standards. I think we did a pretty good job for like, not like who's the strongest in the gym, but how do you know, like you have a decent level of strength. So give us some numbers that you think are attainable for females to hit, even if they're, they're on train within like a year of training for like pull ups, squat, deadlifts, or whatever lifts you think are important. Just give us run down some numbers for us. So this is just for like an everyday athlete. Some achievable numbers they can they can reach for. I think a two hundred clean and jerk for a girl. I think like doable. I'm working on that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Like or like one eighty five to two hundred. I think is like a a good goal for people to hit a deadlift. Maybe. (sighs) Fuck, this is so hard because. Girls and guys are just a little bit different. I know I just spent the entire podcast saying that we're all equal. (laughs) You guys have kind of been lifting your whole lives. So as far as pull-ups and things go, unless you're a girl that's really looking to compete, it's very different. Yeah, these are kind of tough. I think it would be like a little bit skewed. But like a a back squat, maybe 225. Like strict pull-up, anywhere from like 5 to 10, I think is like solid. A deadlift, maybe like a... 305 to 325. What's your what's your one rep deadlift max? 370. Nice. You're you you struggling big time coming with these numbers. So hearing yeah. you struggle makes me feel better that I'm not like a total misogynist. Maybe this is just hard to come up with numbers. <laughs> no, no, no. I rarely go for a one rep. Like I think I went for that two years ago. Like I don't know the last time I pulled for a heavy single. Maybe it was like a year ago or something like that, but we're like always doing like fives or tens before ever going for like a set and then using 
those numbers to get percentages off of. I know my coach doesn't want us pulling a one rep like anytime soon. So can't really tell you. Whatever. 370 sec. Cool. Worst wad ever. First, you know, first thing that comes to mind. Oh, so I've only thrown up from one workout and that was a Wadapalooza qualifier. And I think all of these workouts come under the same, but it's when you have, so this was a death by burpee thruster. And I think any workout that you're like gifted more time or the workout ends is the worst workout because you get to decide when it's over and you're just in so much pain, but you have to like figure out if you're going to gut it out and get into that next round. So yeah, any workout that you're buying more time by putting in more work to me is like the grossest. That would be my worst. And and your favorite (laughs) one you said is DT. It's one of my favorite workouts. I, I really like a bunch of the benchmarks. Like I love anything with a barbell cycling. So DT is probably my favorite, but I like, I love grace, but I really like any, I like, I love a chipper, but I'm, I love anything. You're just like, I need to run my head through a wall. Like I love workouts like that. Even if I'm not good at it, I just love ones where you're just like, you look at it and you're like, Oh, that is so gross. I can't wait to give us some perspective. Like what's your Fran time and what's your DT time? I haven't done Fran in like, I don't, I can't even tell you what my Fran time is, to be honest. I think the last time I did Fran was like three years ago. And then before that, or most recently we did like heavy Fran. So it was like 95 and chest to bar or something like that. My DT time was like three, three twenty maybe to be again. Like I love these workouts. I, I know I posted it somewhere like a year ago or something, I, I PR'd my DT, but yeah, I love, but then again, like if we're doing DT, it's usually like double DT or heavy DT or some sort of spin with a bike on it. So yeah, I, now I think about it. I don't really think we ever do like normal benchmarks. That's so gross. It's kind of stolen thunder here. Favorite seltzer, alcoholic and non-alcoholic. You say you're not a seltzer. So you're going to get, I'm not a quitter. I'll drink whatever's in front of me, but (laughs) (laughs) so favorite alcoholic drink is probably red wine. Like I love cab, but Guinness is also like my go-to. I know it's like super weird, but I drink Guinness like often. I just finished though a 30 day challenge. I didn't drink for 30 days. And like embarrassingly enough, I think that's the longest I've ever gone since I've been like 16. (laughs) 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 So yeah. But in I the feel in great. the heart of a COVID pandemic, I, I mean, good lord, you really made it difficult on yourself. There's nothing <laughs> else to do. Yeah, I know it's tough. I've been uh, crushing like regular seltzer water, but what's your favorite gym shoe? We had a whole episode on shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Probably Reebok Nano Sixes were my favorite. I just got the X's that they just came out with, and I, I actually really like those too. But the Sixes are my favorite. I'm not a I'm not a Nike girl at all. They squeak, and I like the Noble Runners, but that's about it. Cool, Dif- different answer than than we've gotten. Although the sixes are pretty 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 strong. Yeah. What's your one rep one rep song? You have to do one rep max. What song are you going to? I would put on before it would usually be a DMX song, but One AM by Meek Mill has been like for the past year has been like my go-to. Meek. 
It's got some hitters for sure. I'm a Philly girl. It has to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There you go. And then most embarrassing gym moment. I I really don't get embarrassed. Like I I know you guys are like thinking that like like I don't know if I've like ever farted when I squatted or something like that. That would be embarrassing. But <laughs> we had. Like, as we all know, during the open, especially if you're looking to qualify, your video is like everything. So that's like more stressful than anything. And like, I've had just horrible luck after like completely dying in an open workout that like my camera fell or something. So like, I, I guess those type of moments would almost be embarrassing, but like someone was recording an open workout and my birth control alarm went off. And, and then the video stopped and it was like, I had five seconds left of the workout. So I was like gutted, but it was like totally my fault. And I'm just like an idiot. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here trying to think of a squat workout I've done where I haven't farted. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was part of the warm up, but I guess I'm, I'm yeah, like that, I, that. Like to me, if I did, I wouldn't even be embarrassed. I just like, a, like one of the open workouts was the, 2018 you ended with a one rep clean and I like I had nothing left in the tank and I was going for 245 so it was a PR tie and I missed it and I had like 10 seconds left it's like my favorite video ever and everyone's kind of like ah that's it and I just like walk back up to the bar and just like grip and rip and I it takes every part of my being to get out of this hole and I pee everywhere. Um, <laughs> and that would be like, people would be embarrassed, but I was just like, so stoked. I didn't even, I was like, Oh, oh fuck no. up. And then, uh, yeah. That's a badge of honor. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, lastly, one, one more thing since we're still on quarantine, one piece of kit or home gym equipment. What do you got? Oh, well, I have an assault bike and that's just been fun because it's different and I can like throw that in with any body weight movement. But I would say if I had to like just pick one to have at my house, I would have a kettlebell yep. and I'd make it like moderately heavy, like a 53 for me. So like you can do swings, you can do squats with it. But yeah, if I was going to purchase something, I'd, I'd go kettlebell. Perfect. Good stuff. So I think we're kind of getting close to our imaginary time frame, which again is totally imaginary. <laughs> but uh, we do. I sit here over the aisle and we do the uh, Jim Hitters Book of the Week. So Jim Hitters, we each pick like two or three songs. We have a playlist on Spotify and we add to it every week. So right now it's like 11 hours. It's getting absurd, <laughs> but, we, but uh, it's awesome and we love it. So Kelly, do you have any Jim Hitters? Oh, I would have used my one rep one. Okay, we could take we could throw that in. Yeah, you could throw that in. And yeah. I've been really into recently like Spanish music. Hmm. I know, kind of weird, but there's this one song. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce it correctly. Aura Dice, I think that's how you say it. Cardi B's in it, but it's a really good vibe. It's called Real Hasta La Muerte, and I'll send it to you. Perfect. Awesome. But it's like it get it has a good beat. Yeah, that's one of it's one of my go tos right now. That's all right. Don't worry. Dan has Dan's put Florida Georgia line on this thing before, so we have some <laughs> questionable picks already. <laughs> well, Rob, what do you? To, do you guys have a playlist on Spotify? I'll have to follow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Stra strategy of fitness official gym hitters. We okay, love to have perfect. you. Perfect. <laughs> There's so much on there, Rob. What do you got this week? <laughs> 
I'm coming with a with a current rock band because I, I've shared my disdain for anything that's on Octane Radio. Like current rock <laughs> is just complete shit. So I'm trying to find a band that's that's a little current and pretty good. So I got Royal Blood this week with Little Monster. It's a solid eight. Wow, that's a good band. I, I like know. them. So, so they haven't made the list yet. Never done good stuff. I got two this week. One, Tear It Off, Method Man and Red Man. If you haven't heard this song, you're gonna enjoy it. Eight two. And secondly, The Used, one of my childhood favorites, came out with a new album and song Bloody Nose gets me going. So those are my two. <laughs> Bloody Nose by The Used, good stuff. All right, I got two as well. The first one, I love this album. That, Nick, I think you turned me on to this album. It was the Blink-182 album that came out maybe three or four years ago, California. Yeah. San Diego, that song San Great Diego song. by Blink-182. Makes me want to go back to San Diego every time I hear it. <laughs> I, went, I went on vacation in San Diego. It's the coolest place in the world, and that song makes me happy all the time. So I love that song. And the next one is the new Drake mixtape. or I guess it's not a mixtape, but whatever the new Drake album is, D, D4L with Drake, Future, and Young Thug. That's an awesome song. Both of those, give me, give me an 8.1 on both of those. And that's all I got. Perfect. And then before we do the book of the week, Kelly, plug all your stuff. Obviously, the nutrition piece is the one that I think is the coolest, in my opinion. Yeah, so you can follow me on Instagram at kelbaker928 or if you're interested in nutrition i work for black iron nutrition and that's just blackironnutrition.com and that's i'm not really on anything else like twitter or anything like that but it's about Perfect. it i could okay. give my venmo account i did it as a joke before and it like something someone asked about like if i would sell my feet pics or something <laughs> as like a questionnaire and i put my venmo up like as a joke and i the amount of people that sent like random uh, get, dollars of <laughs> I, think, I think i i think i get requests for those <laughs> hey, though for me, these, these feet are for sale over here <laughs> yeah times are tough i get it Foot yeah, the, is so I, weird I on the internet, man. <laughs> it, it gets it gets bizarre, and then you, I love the the um, the trend of the college kids that were on game day with the Venmo accounts. So they get beer money, and people send them like two thousand dollars. Did you see that? Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so if you if you want to do that, Kelly, uh, you know definitely throw no. it out there. <laughs> and then book of the week is it is it going to be untamed, or do you have another one? No, if I had to choose. Well, I just finished this too, but Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Yeah. That guy's an absolute savage. Uh, he's nuts. Yeah, that book is fucking awesome. I, I Big Goggins and also on this did the, the audiobook, and I, I suggest the audiobook because he kind of makes it a little bit podcasty too. It's yeah. really cool. Awesome. Well, cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on. It, it was a blast. We look forward to following along and. We will be posting this on Monday, so tell all your friends. I will. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks so much, Kelly. Really appreciate it.